This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. Uh, this weekend, Chelsea did get to face Liverpool, uh, this time in the FA Cup, as the pitch had fought out just in time for kickoff at 1pm on Sunday. Chelsea started slow, but it was Sam Kerr who got them on their way with a fantastic volley in the first half. She made it 2-0 uh, in the second half after some great forward play by Jesse Fleming. Um, Liverpool did make it interesting, bringing the deficit back to 2-1, but Sam Kerr's hat-trick, which was a perfect hat-trick, uh, right foot, left foot header, um, put Chelsea 3-1 ahead, and he thought from there they would just see out the game in a comfortable fashion, but again, Liverpool and uh, Matt Beard had other ideas, um, 3-2 made a nervy finish, but Chelsea into the next round of the FA Cup. The, while the game wasn't spectacular, the introduction of Menly Liverpool's late on in the game was ultimately the highlight of a good afternoon for Chelsea all round uh, as they progressed, as I said, into the fifth round of the FA Cup. And the title of tonight's show, Went to Mo Kings Meadow, episode 98, is Mum's the Word. Um, and you can tell the introduction isn't written. I've just made it up off the top of my head. Uh, remember, you can listen live every Tuesday at 8pm by heading to Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com. And searching for Went to Mo Kings Meadow, where you can join in the show by posting on the live chat page as Buffer already has. Good evening, Buffer. Uh, now on the show tonight, we'll review the action from that 3 to win over Liverpool in the FA Cup, but in part two, we'll recap the January transfer window as the deadline passes us today. Uh, now, you're already relieved to hear me back as host, uh, but what a great job Dane did last week. Uh, Dane, good to see you. Thanks for stepping in. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, a bit of a lack of communication. Uh Obviously, due to the scripts, I had a lot of writing down to do with about 20 minutes to go. But and then I, I didn't press record for the first 25 minutes, which I did uh, I did admit to on the show. Uh, but so we had to obviously go back and start again. But yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. Uh, I, I think I prefer that side. Not that I'm after your uh, 
posting uh, duties, but I did prefer not having to answer the questions, I think. The post is available if you do want it. Just let me know. <laughs> Definitely just hand it straight over. Um, now, those of you that listen to the Chelsea Fancast will be familiar with our next guest. For those of you that just follow us and the women's podcast on the feed, uh, let me introduce you to the housewife's choice. It's Mr. Clayton Beerman. Clayton, uh, thank you for joining us on Went to Mokey's Meadow. Thanks very much for inviting me. Uh, delighted to be here. Looking forward to it. You know, normally I get first-time guests on the show to tell everyone about their Chelsea history. Uh, now, those obviously that listen to the fan class will know a lot more about who you are and your Chelsea um, story. But for those that don't, sort of, when did you start following Chelsea? And then how does that lead on to your following of the women's team in particular? Okay, so I have been following Chelsea since 1967. There you go. Uh, so that sort of probably rules out most of your audience. Um, and been a season ticket holder for as long as I can remember. Um, I would say the interest in the women's team started maybe four or five years ago. Um, sort of grew during the COVID period, um, watched a lot. Um, and then just after COVID finished, I actually moved um, in the week of lockdown, but I actually moved and I'm just around the corner from King's Meadow now. So uh, I've been going a couple of seasons now and uh, I really enjoy it. I think, I think it's great. Uh, I mean, obviously it helps that we've got a really good team, really good manager. Uh, atmosphere is really good um so yeah and no, I've, I've really enjoyed it really embraced it and um yeah now i'm looking forward to being on tonight and um carrying on writing for your wonderful fanzine yeah uh, just getting back to sort of the women's team obviously you would have been a team ticker at stanford bridge when the team was founded back in uh, 92 mm. uh, dame as you spoke to tony farmer over the summer about the creation of the team do you have any memories of of that launch and did it take to many supporters at the time? Um, I would say no. I I would say that it went very much under the radar. Um, I think that sort of, unfortunately for, well, the, the women's game just didn't have a profile at all, full stop. I mean, it just was, um, it was just in its infancy and didn't have any coverage at all. And if we think about 92, 93, 94, um, that's when Huddle um, arrived and that's when Chelsea's fortunes and men took off. So um, I think it's fair to say that years of misery were suddenly sort of going away. And I think there was a lot more interest in the men's team and then uh, the great late great Gianluca Vialli uh, arrived so I would say that the women's team were very under the radar um, and I think it's sort of only when when Roman came in and Roman started sort of taking an interest and pumping money into the team that I think people started to notice certainly I did for the first time um, and I, I think it's it's grown from there and, and obviously now it's uh, it's really popular not only us but just generally and obviously after the summer there's a lot of people that i speak to now at king's meadow who are going for the first time which is great can only be a good thing yeah there's tons and tons of signs for the lionesses players because that's who the new fans want to see especially Millie bright um what's the 
to you the main differences and the things you maybe enjoy more about going to King's Meadow than perhaps Stamford Bridge? Proximity. <laughs> more than anything else. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, any, anybody who's been to King's Meadow knows that it's a, a very small stadium, which means that you are very close to the players, which is absolutely fantastic. Um I think, I can't remember, I think it might have been the Villa home game this year. Um, and there were a couple of games last year that I stood and I actually couldn't remember the last time I'd stood in a football ground and how how much I, I looked forward to sitting down again. It was, uh, it was a real shock. I didn't have the stamina. Um, so the proximity more than anything else. And I think it's really nice to sort of be that close to footballers. And to actually remind yourself um, of what it's like. The atmosphere is great. Um, I think, you know, I, I'd like to say that it, it sort of takes me back to watching football when I was younger. But obviously, as you can imagine, watching football in the 60s, 70s, well, not so much as yeah, but 70s and 80s was, was sort of deeply unpleasant at times. So, but the actual just, I just think the whole atmosphere of being close to the players um that that's what i really enjoy i mean I, I sit in the matthew harding upper um for for the men and um it's a great seat but you you're nowhere near you know the the, the play um i would say that the proximity is is something that that can work and and sort of go against you because some uh, king's meadow it's very difficult unless you're on the TV gantry to actually get a really good overview of what's going on on the pitch uh, some of the time. Um, and we'll come on to it um, about when we talk about Sunday's game, I was sitting behind the goal um, uh, in the North stand. So it was quite interesting because when you're sitting behind the goal in the North stand, it's, it's quite difficult to see what's going on up the other end, but um but yeah, no, I, I really enjoy it. I, I, and I say the atmosphere is wonderful. Really, really good. Yeah, I definitely feel that there's an attachment to you in the stand, to the player on the pitch at Kings Meadow, whereas when I go to Stamford Bridge, which not very often, I feel like just a spectator. And yeah. Just one of, one of 40,000. But I think my number matters at Kings Meadow, which is um, probably just a strange feeling of my own. But um, <laughs> if you had to pick out your favourite player, players, I know you're a big into your goalkeepers but who's your favorite player on the women's team that you've seen during your time um well i sort of guru Wrighton is i would say it's my favorite player um and um and special mention to millie bright who i just think's just incredible i mean really fantastic um so i would say they they are my two favorite players i think it's quite difficult when you're a man of a certain age to have to pick out <laughs> a, fa a, fa a favorite player uh but if i i did have to i i'm sort of I, i'm very keen photographer so i take a lot of photos on my phone i took a photo the other day of guru right which i was going to post and then i thought i can't post this because this just does it just doesn't look right it wasn't you know it wasn't meant in that way but i looked at it and i thought no i'll i'll, I'll just keep that I'll just keep that hidden. But yeah, uh, that sounds like even that. worse, doesn't it? <laughs> no, I, I think Gura is a, a fantastic player. I, I just think she's got everything. I really do. Uh, and she's just a joy to watch. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that when they all go down to get selfies at the end of the game. So I sit in the West End. I feel like I'm a bit too old to be going to get selfies with female players which are younger than me. Um, anyway, we're going to go 
to a quick ad break to get that out of the way now. Um, when we come back, we'll obviously get into the action. But before we go, a reminder that our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea Wings team that we just spoke about is available in full on our Patreon page. Subscription costs you £5 per month. And in return, you get access to the interviews with Tony Farmer, the man who created the team, George McKaylas, who managed the team from 2002 to 2005, and Matt Beard, Liverpool's head coach, who was Chelsea's coach before Emma Hayes and took Chelsea into the WSL. If you head to www.patreon.com forward slash went to Kings Meadow, you can sign up there and we will be right back. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to NordVPN dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to episode 98 of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, let's get into the action then from this past Sunday, the 29th of January, as Chelsea progressed to the fifth round of the FA Cup, thanks to that 3-2 win over Liverpool. Chelsea lined up for this one in a 4-2-3-1 formation with Sachira Mizovic in goal, a back four of Neve Charles, Kadisha Buchanan, Millie Bright and Jess Carter. Jesse Fleming and Aaron Cuppert were paired as the pivot with Lauren James, Frank Kirby and Guru Wrighton supporting Sam Kerr in attack. Chelsea used all five of their available subs, bringing on Magdalena Eriksson for Khadija Buchanan at halftime. Sophie Ingle and Johanna Ritten-Canrid came on for Lauren James and Guru Wrighton in the 68th minute. Mara Miada replaced Frank Kirby in the 77th. And in the 83rd minute, Melanie Leopold replaced Aaron Cuthbert. That left Anne Katchenberger, Alsu Abdelina and Yelena Kankovic as the unused substitutes. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 60% possession, 11 shots, 5 on target. Five corners and five fouls to Liverpool's 40% possession, seven shots, four on target, three corners and two fouls. Um, Dave, I'll come to you first to, just to touch on the lineup. Um, Fleming and Cuppert as the pairing, probably the most interesting standout for me. Uh, what about yourself when you see it come out on Sunday afternoon? Carter again at left back well, is another surprise. You know, Musovic, as, as we've seen in 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 recent recent seasons with with Emma Hayes, you know, she does like to give her a run of games. You know, five six games, and all of a sudden, 
Berg will be back in goal just out of nowhere, you know, with no rumours or, or no reasoning. So I just, just, I don't know if he's going to carry on like this. So again, just just checking the team and seeing that she's she's still in the side. Again, it, it just doesn't surprise me. But it's just, I'm, I, like I'm just waiting, waiting for Berger to come back in. She might not. Obviously, you try and second guess Emma Hayes. Have we? always tried to do in this program we we completely get it wrong i think it was right for fleming to come in for ingle uh and i was surprised guru played i think uh she's looked a bit tired recently uh she's she's reached such high levels in the last say 18 months uh you know she's definitely on world-class levels now and i just think she, she she's just dropped off a little bit and sometimes as a manager you know you notice these things and i'm, I'm surprised she went out there but liverpool Liverpool are no mugs, you know. They've they have they've had some heavy beatings recently, but they've also had some injuries and, and they had a few injuries back. They had a few new signings. Matt Beard is, is is a good manager. And 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 we saw that. So, you know, Emma's gonna be weary of 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 not giving too many people a rest and, and still, you know, three quarters of that team really strong. Yeah. Um Clayton, I'll come to you about Musovic, obviously as a goalkeeping expert as we know. Um she came in for the Arsenal game and AKB made a comment to a reporter after the game saying, you know, I don't know, you have to ask the coach why she wasn't uh, in goal. Uh, we was sort of questioning whether that was because of her contract situation and Emma wanted her to sign on, so she's putting her back in goal. Then there's obviously been reports of a new signing in the summer for the Belgian national team goalkeeper, Nicky Everard. Um, what do you make of the situation more than her performance on the day of, of Muzovic sort of seeming to be the number one at the moment? I, I'm bemused, um, to be honest. Uh, I know that we haven't seen AKB since the Reading game, where she let in two goals, which she should have saved, but it was played in a snowstorm. So, you know, I'll, I'll let her off. Um, and obviously she gave, a, she gave the goal away against Real Madrid. So whether... Emma was taking, I mean, we don't know the effect that her illness has had on her. So, you know, we don't see what goes on in training, etc. Um, I think that it's right to give Musovic a go because, as Dane said, every time she comes in, plays a couple of games and disappears again. Whether the contract situation is part of it, I don't know. But as you say, they've, they've apparently signed Everard. Um I don't know. I I've sort of. Do you want me to talk about her performance? I know you want me to talk about the situation, but do you want to talk about the performance? I know that that's one of the points you want to discuss. But <sighs> yes, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we can get into it now because she did have. I I it's really, really interesting because we talk about proximity, and I was behind the goal, and I I you know half a dozen Rosak, so I watched both her and um, Liverpool's goalkeeper as well. And I was really, really pleased that I don't play football anymore because I, <laughs> I, being a goalkeeper is not actually being a goalkeeper anymore. You are basically an outfield player, a defender. You know, you, you're using your feet more than you're using your hand. I don't know. I mean, Musovic, she doesn't convince me. Um, I know that she had a decent game against Arsenal. Um, but I, 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 there was one save that she made, which was cracking against Arsenal, but the majority of it was what you'd expect a keeper to do. Um, I just, I mean, I, I don't know whether, whether you guys feel the same. And certainly the goal that came from the corner, I don't know whether you actually think 
whether the defence have got the confidence in her as they have in AKB, because there, there's no command whenever the ball comes into the box. I, I don't get the sense of security that I do with AKB. AKB comes for a lot and, and mm. sort of makes it well, whereas when that corner came in on Sunday, it was just bedlam. It was a mess. Yeah, Dane, what was your thoughts on... Oh, completely agree with with Clayton. It, you know, I know it's so easy watching a game and just seeing the goalkeeper come, come, come out for crosses and catch it and then bring it down. But she, she's done it in some some high tense games in ninety fourth minutes and ninety third minutes when we're up against it, and it looks easy, but it certainly isn't. And when she comes for a cross, yeah, world class leap and and bring into a chest and. Yeah, it's a strange one with Musovic. I just, I get what Clayton was saying. I think maybe he's, he's referring to the first goal where even Millie Bright and Neve Charles sort of both sort of come together and and I don't know who it bounced off one of their heads and it went to the far post and it was a great finish from, from the Liverpool player, but there was a lack of confusion. Even Jess Carter sort of took her time to close down the cross and... As you said, you know, AKB comes for the crosses. Muzovic doesn't really. You're trying to second guess again, probably repeat myself, Emma Hayes' thought process. You know, if, if they do want her to sign a new contract, is that why she's getting an extension? Or did she just see something in AKB that she was not happy with? You know, that Emma has these moments with certain players. But yeah, I can, I can, it is, it is a surprise. But, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you know, we saw it last season for about six or seven games and we was even, you know, doing a, doing a show and we, we thought that was it. We thought Muzovic was now number one. Then, uh, then after the next week, uh, AKB was back in and stayed back in. It's, it, it, it's a strange one, especially when we've signed a, an extremely good goalkeeper. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I know a lot about her, uh, but, Seeing her in the Europe Championships, are very impressed with, with with her ability, and I think that's a really good signing. So, again, thought process behind that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a similar situation with, with the men's team, isn't it? Where you've got Kepper and, and Mendy. If you could create a goalkeeper out of the two of them, um, you'd probably have the best goalkeeper in the world. But what would you say, Musovic has the AKB doesn't? She can pass the ball. Okay. So the defence can pass it to the ball and she can pass it to someone else without giving it to the opposition strikers. AKB has done on not just one occasion. Um, but as you say, when the ball's coming into the box, you're trusting AKB more to come and get it or get a punch on it than you are. Muzovic and the spell in the game was probably five to ten minutes long where she seemed to lose all confidence in herself and her surroundings. And she came for the one and she tried to volley it away and it was on the six-yard box. And just why just catch the ball? It's the number one thing you do as a goalkeeper is, is catching the ball from crosses and stuff like that. It looked like she didn't know where she was. She thought maybe she thought she was on the edge of the box. I don't know. A great finish from Kerry Holland, though. The first goal, I was right behind that actually, and you know, nothing she could do about that. And we'll come on to the goal. I think that's on I'm the not, goal I'm, I don't, want, I don't want to disagree and I, I don't want to be harsh because I was at a different angle and it was beautifully struck and all the rest of it. But I don't think. From my perspective, I don't think, I mean, even if she would have, she didn't look like she was set for it. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I think mm. she's sort of back on her heels. And I do actually, I mean, I'm not saying that even if she was set for it, she would have saved it because it was a fabulous strike. But I don't, I think you, I think you make a great point, actually, Dean, because I, I, I just wonder whether it is a confidence thing. I mean, after she'd let in both goals, she turned round, she went and took a sip of water and she was looking and she, 
there's no most goalkeepers are nutters and basically you know they're chuntering to themselves they're talking to themselves they're beating themselves up you know they're they're, they're talking and they're shouting at the defenders and this that and the other we've got two quiet goalkeepers I mean you look at Earps Mary Earps and you know she's she's always talking and she's always encouraging and shouting and what have you and I, I don't know I, I don't know whether it's Musevich is actually quite nervous she knows this is an opportunity and she doesn't want to screw up and she doesn't want to make any mistakes I mean if you think about the shot in the last minute that she pushed over the bar which she could have held so easily and I think she was potentially maybe scared about making a mistake. I, I think, sorry to whitter on about goalkeepers, but I think the thing is with goalkeepers, they need to get into a game and they need to make a save to feel good about themselves. And and Musevic had literally nothing to do in the first half, did she? She basically could have had a deck chair. I mean, and so in essence, she might have been still quite cold. And so that probably doesn't help. And when you let a goal in before you've actually made a save, it doesn't do you any good on any level. So maybe that, you know, we all know that football's sort of played a lot in the head and goalkeepers especially. So maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But as you say, we'd be at all surprised to see AKB start the next game. It's very unforgiving though, isn't it? Being a goalie, Clayton, as you... You know we've we, we've done this 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 show so many times, and we we will highlight a criticism that Sam Sam Kerr will get off again social media. You know you take that with a pinch of salt, especially yeah, and and the highlights of the chances she misses, but then she will score one, and it's easily forgotten. But obviously, as you know, with your uh, knowledge and experience of watching goalkeepers, that one little mistake can usually yeah. lead to a goal, and it's uh, it's sometimes there's there's no coming back from that. Yeah, no, it's it's completely unforgiving. You know, if you if you think about on Sunday, I think one of the things that was particularly poor from us on Sunday was I think our our pass completion was like seventy five percent. So that means a lot of players <laughs> pass to nobody or pass to the opposition, and yet you don't pull them up on it. You just you know it happens. Mm. Goalkeeper makes a mistake, and as you say, nine times out of ten, it's a goal. So it is. It's very unforgiving. It's it's in the spotlight. So yeah, it's 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 crap. Yeah, I'll just read a couple of comments from, from Mixler. We've got Rich who says, uh, occasionally it looked like Sakura could catch the ball but punch and also made saves, but she made them look more complicated than they needed to be. Probably alluding to that one at the end, Clayton, where there's a little bit of curve on the ball, but as you said, it was an easy. Easy catch, and she. Oh, she yeah, I, I, it looked like it from where I was sitting, but I mean, you know, we're all brilliant, aren't we? Where we're, we're sitting, <laughs> yeah, we're all excellent footballers on the podcast. Yeah, uh, and then medicine who says always felt like Musovic lacked anticipation with shot stopping, similar to Kepper, where if you can see multiple screamers, there's a pattern there. I mean, that first one from where I was sat behind where the strike, uh, the midfielder takes the shot, you you couldn't see Musovic, so I'm guessing she couldn't see the ball either. Uh, which makes your reactions late anyway. And if she was back on her, not on her toes, her reaction time's even slower. So, as you said, you don't know if she would have saved it or not. But if she's not ready anyway, um, it yeah. does make your chances harder, I suppose, to um, yeah, to save the ball. Uh, going back to, to the first half, then, Clayton, as you mentioned, it was predominantly played in the half attacking where you were sat, uh, the North Stand. 
Liverpool did struggle to get out, but we also struggled to create many clear-cut chances, didn't we? Well, it, it was quite interesting because I, I sort of knew I was going to be on, so I was sort of trying to prime myself and sort of make notes. And I was I was kept looking at my watch, and basically our first shot on target was uh, when Sam scored. We hadn't had a shot. The, the Liverpool keeper who obviously made one miraculous recovery from death-defying injuries after the other, um, <laughs> who time-wasted from, like, minute one, um, didn't have a shot to save. It, it was it was very frustrating. I mean, we had a lot of possession, but we didn't do very much with it. Um, and then Sam scores the most ridiculous goal. I mean, it was a brilliant goal. It was mm. so out, out of keeping for the whole half. Um, it was lovely. I mean, some of our build-up play was really nice. Final ball into the box just wasn't working. Yeah, I suppose I didn't really appreciate the goal too much at the time, Dave, but looking back on the replays, obviously, to remember what happened in the match, um, you really took you know note of, of how good that volley was. And although Sam scored a hat-trick, as we're going to get onto, I don't think she had a great game overall. Uh, but I don't think it helped with the build-up play, as Clayton mentioned. Um, but that is what she can do, and out of nowhere, you've got a goal out of out of seemingly nothing because she is that good. Yeah, I struggled to criticise Sam. I think she's she's probably the deadliest striker in in women's football on instinct. Uh, I get people's frustrations when she has one on one with a little bit more time to think about things, uh, but you cannot take away. That 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 one second decision she, she has to make to score a goal she, she's the best in the world at uh, and and yeah so I struggle with criticism for her and and I really enjoyed her hat trick because you know we, we've seen especially if you cast your mind back to last game of last season especially those goals against Manchester United you know she she's got that in her locker where she can pull out such a classy finish and this this is a great build up play as well I think I don't I think it was Buchanan I don't know if she got fouled but it's sort of released it to, I think, Lauren James and Lauren James to Neve Charles. And I think if we're trying to make Neve Charles into a fullback, which is going to be hard because I'm really enjoying watching Perisay at the moment. Uh, at the moment, I, I'm enjoying her and Lauren James more than anyone. And that's that's not criticism of anyone else. You know, I go through stages, but I'm really enjoying Perisay. But, you know, we're seeing Neve constantly played, you know, on, on the wings. So would it be right back or left back or left wing back, right wing back? And... She produced two really good balls for her position, a fullback, which 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 Sam scored from, and this was a great cross. And she picked out Sam in, in penalty spot sort of area, area, and that was a brilliant finish yeah, on the half volley. And yeah, that's just that, that's 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 what you expect from someone like her, and that's 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 why you pay the money, and I'm presuming the wages, and that's why you win the trophies because you have a striker with of that ability. Yeah, I suppose going on to. To Neve Charles Clayton, you know she's got competition, you know serious competition from Perisay for that right back spot. It looks like Jess Carter is going to be the left back um, now, as Emma alluded to in a press conference. But that was sort of, as you said, the first shot on target. That was the first time we we seemed to get in behind Liverpool because they had sat deep in the first half. Um, but as Lauren James came in, she see the gap and she attacked it well using her probably attacking knowledge from being a younger player playing in that forward position. Um, and a great cross into the box. And I think that's something we lack from our fullbacks is them getting forward and overlapping our wingers. Yeah, no, I, um, it was a brilliant cross. Both crosses for goal, her goals were, were outstanding. 
Um, I'm with Dana. I I really like Perisic. I really think she's quality, and so <laughs> there is a bit of um, a bit of problem. I mean, because you've got two two people, which is what you want: two great players for um, one position. Um, I think Perisic is a better defender, um, but needs got got time on her side, isn't she? She's just ad- adapting to that position. It's it's interesting. I mean, Perisay. I I I mean, I I don't like doing this because obviously it's different different sports. But Perisay reminds me of um, Paolo Ferreira in terms of somebody who's very unsung, really solid and really good. And I I get the the feeling that that Perisay is going to be that sort of player for us. And I I, I don't know whether she's getting. I think she she might have been injured this week, was she? Uh, she wasn't even in the squad. Mm. I yes, think at yeah, yeah, the press conference she was injured. But I really like her, um, and I suppose it depends where you've got. Perhaps when we're playing in the Champions League, and you perceive that you're playing a side that's not going to that, that is going to come at us more than we perceive Liverpool would. Um, that's why you can go with Charles rather than uh, with Perisay. But I mean, if Perisay was injured, then there wasn't really much of a decision. But yeah, but both both can deliver a, a wicked cross. I mean, Perisay takes great corners. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting. They were both picked for the league game that was called off. They played in front of Perisay for that six minutes uh, on the ice rink uh, before the game was called off. Um, and as you say, she was injured, so she got she got the the run out there. Um, moving on to the second half, Dana, there's not much else happened in that first half to talk about. Um, Chelsea go 2-0 up and it's through what Emma Hayes loves is that forward press and from Jesse Fleming in particular, she wins the ball back in the middle of the pitch, just on the edge of the area. It goes to Frank Kirby. He plays a pass that Lauren James dummies really well for Frank, uh, for Sam Kerr sorry, to score. And it's the first goal that they've set up for each other since the 5th of December, which was the FA Cup final against Arsenal. Yeah, but Fran's been struggling, hasn't she? Uh... Off the field, you know, a little bit. I don't know, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs. Uh, injuries, lack of fitness, you know. I don't know if there's anything, other things. I don't want to speculate because it's got nothing to do with me. Uh, and and she, she looks in a good place, you know. I don't know if we're going to talk about the Spurs match in midweek, but, you know, she came on and, and scored a, a brilliant goal, which she scores with ease, uh, Frank Kirby. But, that's again, that is not that is not an easy finish. She's mastered that finish over the years, you know, the cut across and first time with a swerve and a curve into top corner. We've seen her score it so many times. And and, and she, I don't know who who who, who the, uh, the shush, the shush celebration was to. Uh, but again, I thought she she had a good game. She was buzzing around. Uh, she found out Sam Kerr, who, who brilliantly, you know, just pulled to the far post and to, to tap into to the gap. And yeah, another great striker's goal, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to try and compare to play. I've said many on his shows, you know, similar to Clayton, who 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 loves his goal. He's always like a striker, seen as a, a played striker at a fairly decent level, not the level that obviously these, these wonderful players are playing at. But, you know, you like a tap-in just as much as a, a volley from outside the area. A, a goal's a goal. And oh, actually, change the subject quick. I saw some stupid comment on Twitter earlier, like someone said, the worst hat-trick ever. 
Uh, no, no, there's never, you know, if that guy would still have been happy to score a professional hat trick, I think it's talking about someone, maybe Southampton who signed it or whatever. But yeah, it was a great, great peel off by Kerr to the far post and a nice little finish into the, to the gap in the bottom corner. And yeah, it's a great striker's goal, but great build up play as well. Again, with Lauren, you know, the little things you just don't notice, you know, you're watching the replay or Lauren like do a little dummy or, or a little sidestep to allow it to go to 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 uh sam and she's lauren is becoming so intelligent we're seeing so so many more levels and and and, and aspects to to lauren's game at the moment uh and another yeah i'm really enjoying watching her really enjoying watching her and let's, let's be honest was she 20 21 oh, it's only going to get better isn't it with her yeah Clay, we, we call that an emma hayes goal um similar to what we scored against uh psg at stanford bridge you know High pressure, winning the ball back, one, two quick passes, and then then a goal. Um, what was your thoughts on on the goal? And secondly, Jesse Fleming, because for me, she was my player of the match. Um, I know Sam scored the hat trick, but I always like to give it to someone who doesn't score the goals and maybe does the dirty work that goes unnoticed. And I thought that was Fleming uh, in in Sunday's game. It's really interesting um, because I. I don't get Jessie Fleming, or I haven't got her yet. And I basically... Be careful, Dean. No, 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 it, 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 it's, it's me, not you. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's me, not you. Um, not probably because I haven't seen enough of her. And so I actually took um, Sunday to actually educate myself and watch her. And it was quite interesting seeing her buzz around and sort of do little things, make little passes. And I was just, you know, I was watching her and then she created that second goal by the challenge, which interestingly, having seen it a couple more times was quite obviously a foul, but that's, you know, (laughs) is it time to just mention how absolutely atrocious the referee was on Sunday? (laughs) Just awful. Anyway, I digress. But that was a great goal. It was really, really good. It was slick. I mean, what what I found interesting was, you know, you wouldn't say it was one of our best performances, but they were three fantastic goals. They really, you know, every goal was a good goal. So yeah, no, I I thought Jesse Fleming played really well. Um, and yeah, no, I I liked the goal. I I thought it was a really good goal. I mean, it's you know, it it's so difficult when you're down right down the other end to see how far out Sam was you know, for when the cross came in um, for that. And and because you're at the other end, you can't actually see. You could, I couldn't see that uh, Lauren had, had done it. Um, but yeah, no, really good goals. Yeah, Dan, I suppose we should mention the referee and the assistants because I know there was issues with the stream, so I don't know how much you saw of the game as it went on. But I mean, some of the calls they make, especially one that went out for a corner and they give a goal kick, I mean... You could see it in the south stand, the, the defender. It come off the defender and they, they don't call it. I mean, this isn't... They don't need technology. They just need to be better, better. referees. Mm. And I don't know what level... I didn't recognise the ref and I haven't got the name written down where where she was from um, because it was an FA Cup game. Uh, maybe the game was just too too big for her or the, then the officials as well. But the decision-making was, was terrible. Yeah, we've we've talked about it before, haven't we? We uh, Sophie, I guess on our show last week, mentioned it when we were talking about undersole heating, and 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 she she rightly said, well, first of all, we need to 
have better standard of referees and maybe they should become professional and get 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 better training and and more help and we we we've we've highlighted certain areas of that in shows and, and obviously Emma Hayes has said it as well when I think uh, the game last season won the opening game of the season uh, Emma Emma Hayes really went went in a little bit on there but also was also understanding that they need help and they they need extra training and it's something that you know the women's level and the game is growing so strong and so rapidly and so quickly you need to keep up you need to keep up with technology and and the referees and again it's hard with the with 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 with, with the undersoil heating and the VAR because you can't just have them at a couple of stadiums. You're going to have to have them at all to have that fair balance over the league. But the standard of refereeing should be the, should be the first thing because you know you're you're refereeing, uh, officiating world class international players, and and they and I know as, as we all know through watching the men's game that it's 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 a lot to ask for because you know the the men's league they're professionals. They have all the help in the world, and they still get it ridiculously wrong. So, I don't know the answer to to it really. Uh, I suppose we can only try, can't we? Try and give them give them all the help they need, and 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 see where we go. But as as I just said, you know, without repeating myself, the men's referees get all the help they need, and and all the training, and all all the sponsors, and everything else. And well, that's another story. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say that there is one actual um, element to this that we should be careful of, because one of the good things about the women's game, which is so much better than the men's game, is there's so little cheating. Mm-hmm. There's so little um, play. A bit more respect as well, you know. And I think that maybe, you know, it's not great, but you looked at the some of the decisions in the Liverpool Brighton game. And you think, yeah, this, these are highly paid professional people. Really? You know, they're still bloody useless. <laughs> um, so may, maybe, and whilst we shouldn't tolerate um, sort of mediocrity in, in anything, maybe we just have to sort of accept that referees in the women's game will get things wrong because they're not professional, etc. So whilst we do want it to improve, I don't really want it to improve to a point where you've got the sort of play acting and, and sort of deception that you've got in the men's game. I mean, you know, the, the referee was useless, but that particular incident at the end of the first half where the ball clearly hit the Liverpool defender to go off for a corner, the lines person was 20, 20 yards away. What were they doing? What were they looking at? I mean, just, you know, Millie Bright was just, they, they sort of, <laughs> they accompanied the referee off at half time, didn't they? Because they just absolutely said, what are you doing? Anyway, that that's yeah. just a thought. It's an interesting point, though, because actually it's been a criticism of Chelsea, actually, that when they've had penalty decisions go against, like not given, that look clear, they're not appealing for them. Yeah, as you say about not play acting, they're not sort of crowding the referee or really demanding anything. That they're just playing on, and people are asking the players to start appealing for these things, and maybe that will start creeping in if the decisions aren't being right. But again, that's something that the league I think need to look at um, rather than us. Um, well, Guro's been fouled at least three times for penalties this year, 
and and all she seems to do is get up and look bemused and say mm. you know what's going on rather than sort of that whole thing that happens in the Premier League and and you know like going chasing after refs and just actually making them think twice but there we go well that used to be a big Chelsea thing didn't it under John Terry um yeah, what would be even Mourinho sometimes. Um, talking of uh, sort of from bad refereeing onto bad defending, I think um, that Liverpool first goal, Clayton was it was your end. For me, it looked like Charles just got sucked to the ball and she didn't need to challenge Millie Bright for the header. And even if Millie doesn't make it, she can clean up the mess. Do you think that's the case of as you said, Perez is a better defender, her learning the role, learning where she should be rather than just trying to attack the ball in the air. Potentially, I just, I just think that when you change your defence every other game, you know, you, you're never going to get to a rhythm. And that's what happens, that the that people don't know their their jobs. And, and obviously, um, that was just, it was really, really sloppy. Um, and there were, you know, it's just one of those goals where there were three or four occasions where the ball could have been cleared and it just wasn't. And, the, you know, the... It wasn't closed down. It was just a really bad goal to give away. Yeah, and Dane, as Clayton said, there was chances to clear it, but the player closing down the second ball was actually Frank Kirby, and I don't remember seeing mm. Aaron or um, Jesse Fleming in, in the shot. Mm. Um, I could be wrong, just thinking back to when watching the replay again. What, the first goal weren't about? Yeah, the first goal, yeah. Although it's a great <laughs> strike, as we said. You know, it's a, a goal we, sh we should not be conceding, and Chelsea's been historically a great defensive side and that seems to have slipped over the past season or two. Yeah, well, it was a good cross from Nagano, I think it was. Uh, and I don't think Jess Carter closed down quick enough. Uh, who who you who you said earlier, is she, is, is she going to have a run in the side at left-back now? You said Emma Hayes said that. Emma Hayes said she's a left, she's a full-back. She's going to play left-back. She's going to compete for that position for Chelsea and okay. England. Well, I suppose if you look at it, you know they taken Buchanan off by that by that stage, didn't they? Uh, yeah, so they taken Buchanan off. So as 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 Clayton said, you know, so you've already got the left back, a left back in there who's only played left back a couple of times recently. You've got Neve Charles playing right back instead of Perisay. You've, you've got centre back off. So you've really only got the current uh, current one in there in Millie Bright. Obviously, Neve Charles got sucked into the ball and, and sort of bumped into Millie Bright. Can't take anything away from the finish. But yeah, they looked sort of in that second half, they looked a little bit disorganized, looked a little bit looked a little bit nervous and all over the place. And 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 as we sort of spoke about earlier, we don't know if that's anything to do, to do with the goalkeeper not being loud enough and organizing and and you know, like really being on, on the defenders' cases. You know, no doubt Millie Bright would have been trying to direct people around. But again, as I said, if you've got two fullbacks who ain't naturally fullbacks, well, we'll, we'll say Jess Carter is, but I wouldn't say on the left. Uh, maybe a tied Buchanan in the first half. You got, I suppose, Ericsson came on for her, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and then Ericsson, I suppose, doesn't know whether she's coming or going at the moment due to contract status. And and yeah, it's, it's just one of those. It's hard to be to come on here and try and try and be critical. You know, at the end of the day, you're going to ask the questions. We're going to answer it. I I I I think you know you have games like this. I thought Liverpool was very organised. I thought the most important thing was we actually got through. But yeah, it wasn't a great performance. Yeah, and obviously then we get we get the third. Sam gets a hat trick with a header. Um, 
it was a, it was a typical Sam Kerr game, I think, where she she misses a couple of chances that seem to be easier than the one she scores. Um, she comes away with a hat trick. Um, she wins all the player of the match votes. But if you ask me, did I think Sam Kerr have a great game? I would say no. Uh, of course, she did. She got hat trick. Yeah, but if you put a post in the box and you kick the ball against it, it's going to go in sometimes. Mm. You know, I don't I think, think you're harsh. I, I don't think, think it was amazing. Um, what was your view on her performance, Clayton? And how much of that is down to, to her? And how much is that down to <laughs> how Chelsea try and build up play and get the ball to her? Because I think that is also a real big struggle at the minute. Okay, so when I first saw Sam Kerr and, you know, she came in, she was heralded and she was this, that and the other. And I was watching her and I was thinking... Okay, uh, <laughs> right. And then you get used to her. You get used to how she plays. And I think you accept the bizarre nature of some of her misses and the fact that she will score. I think that earlier this season when she was of colour and she wasn't scoring, then it wasn't quite the same. You were just... There wasn't that there weren't the misses that she wasn't basically getting in the positions. She's now back to where she was in terms of her best form in in terms of getting in the positions. I mean, I think that my favourite game that sound, uh, that that sums her up uh, was last year's cup final, um, where I can't I, I don't know how many absolutely guilt edged chances she missed. We went one nil up early. And we could have absolutely just buried that game. And we didn't. And then she scores one of the greatest goals that you'll ever see. <laughs> you know, and it, and you just have to accept that that's her. Um, I, I'm slightly sort of, you know, concerned because she now is our goal scorer. There doesn't actually appear to be anybody else. I know that Fran will, will chip in um, and others will chip in. But, yeah, I mean... What what is her best game? Because you know you you could basically, you know she scored a hat trick. <laughs> Nobody else came close to scoring. If you think about it, I I think I, I I think you put the stats up here. Did we have we had five shots on target? You know, and and that's that's in a game that we sort of dominated, sort of up until the hour mark, and we only had five shots, and three of those were goals. So, um, yeah, I've, I'm willing to take it. I, I don't know whether you say she had a good game or a bad game, but she scored a hat-trick. <laughs> well, Medicine says on, on, on Mixler Dane that Emma said she could have had a double hat-trick. Well, oh, yeah. I remember a chance where she sort of got clattered just as, just as she, she released the shot, and that was close. And as I said earlier, I think I stick to... Uh, she's an instinct striker, and with um, and when she's got time, she tends to miss the chances. But again, you know, even looking at the goal, you know, she missed a, a few chances against Tottenham, and then kind of did that lovely sort of reverse ball, and she just had a little bit to a little bit of a dink of a, of a toe punt punt, and it was a brilliant finish. And I suppose Clayton's right, you know, you see some amazing world class finishes from her, and then you'll see. Some other ones that you'll just leave you scratching your head, but whilst you're still scratching your head, she will then. It's it's uh it's crazy. I don't know if you put it down to opposition defending or or, or what, but 
listen, well, we've seen her start the season slow and, and, and people jump on her back and then she gets into the season and starts scoring and you know she's going to end in double figures and those double figures will be in the 20s and... Yeah, it's, I think it could be one of those that maybe she'll be more appreciated in years to come when we look sort of look back. Uh, I totally agree with Clayton as well with with you're sort of like worrying where other goals are going to come from at the moment with Penilla out and, and Lauren's just, just not getting in. in well, she sort of gets into the positions every now and again and it will be like really close and, and really unfortunate. It's not wild shooting or it's not wild finishing. It's like, oh, that was close or this and... With Fran coming back, you know, she will chip in like Clayton said, but at the moment it's it, it's sort of Sam or or not a lot else. Yeah, I suppose we should say as well that her three goals took her to 77 goals for Chelsea. She's the second highest goal scorer of all time. She overtook Bethany England. Uh, and how many games? Today. It's got to be something like 82 or something, 84 or... Yeah, something like that. So ridiculous. She's never been in the league since 2020. Wowzers, yeah, so yeah. Over three, four years, and she's the second highest goal scorer. Yeah, I know people get frustrated with her. I can't remember what game it was. Was it Real Madrid away early on in the season? And she missed two sort of really easy chances in the six-yard box. And and then there was a lot of criticism for her after that game because, uh, was that the game we drew or we lost? Did we, did we draw or lose the way to Real Madrid? When, we when, won. Yeah, when, we, and, when we won AKB all. gave that ball away, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if actually it was Sam Later who scored in that game, but... I get the frustration, um, but it was it was it was an own goal, Guro's penalty. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. The Real Madrid goalkeeper when it went in. I, I I get the frustrations, but yeah, I she she always sort of redeems herself for me to before I can actually get frustrated. But I think with other people, it obviously just stays stays with them. But I'm sort of like more on agreeing with Clayton about uh, Jesse Fleming. I thought he summed her up really well. Uh, because uh, Clayton, uh, Dean, Dean's obviously one of his favourite players. He thinks she's got in her uh, a Ballon d'Or. Uh, and I just, like you, I always want to see more from her. I suppose maybe then people would go, oh, yeah, but, you know, that's your view on her. And then I'm contradicting myself by talking about Sam. So it's all opinions, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose if she scores a hat-trick every week, um, she can miss a few uh, <laughs> at the same time. Um as we alluded to earlier, Clayton, obviously Liverpool got their second to make it a bit of a tight end to the game. Um, do you think that's we should give credit some credit to Liverpool because they came with a game plan, uh, they stuck to it. The players obviously work really hard for for Matt Beard and and do what he says. I thought the centre forward Stengel really physical in the game, and although they marshaled her quite well in the first half, she was a handful for us to to deal with and. They made it difficult, and although they've, as Dane said, they've taken a few beatings, especially recently. Um, this is the sort of side that we hate to face. Yeah, I mean, it, I heard somebody recently say, "Are oh, they are our, our new Brighton?" You know, we're Brighton or the <laughs> curse side. Are, are they now? That well, obviously we won, but yeah, no, I I give them a lot of credit because I think that it might be a change, didn't he, to back three. And we didn't seem to react. And I thought that they they bossed midfield uh, for a lot of the second half. They were running through us. Um, again, they, you know, a bit like us, uh, they didn't really create that much in terms of, of actual saves for Musovic to make. But yeah, no, they, they could. I mean, when they went 2-0 down, I, I you know, so quickly in the second half, I just thought, well, that's it. You know, that's the end of it. And then they went 3-1 down and then... 
Sam missed that really, really good chance, which would have made like literally from the kickoff, which would have made it four one. But no, I th- I think they deserve a lot of credit. I think they did really, really well. They made it very difficult for us. Um, yeah, no, I I do. I I sort of I was impressed with Lawley. I think she she played. You know, I know that she's sort of thought to be one of their better players, but I thought she was really good. Um, and I thought, you know, that I thought on the whole, they certainly in the first half of the, they defended quite well. They stopped us obviously getting any shots on target. So I do, I, I was impressed with them. Um, and they are a difficult side. And I really don't know how they lost 6 0. I mean, I, I don't know who was playing when they played against Man U, but I, I, I don't know. Um, whether it was just a, a bad day, because obviously even in that horror show, that first game of the season, you know, they they, they really ran us ragged. I mean, we we didn't turn up, but they're a difficult side to play against. They're very well coached, which is not a surprise. But yeah, no, they, they should be given credit. They've had a lot of injuries, haven't they? And uh, Clayton's right, but I think their midfield really sort of smothered ours and I can see why uh, Emma Hayes brought on I think Sophie Ingle with about with about half an hour to go, 25 minutes to go, just to try and uh, you know, try and tighten things up. But even I don't think Sophie Sophie coped well when she came on either, uh, positionally and 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 in possession. Uh, but it was, sometimes it is a good game to watch because you learn learn about things, and you know I learned a little bit more about Liverpool on 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 Sunday, and uh, I you know very impressed with them. Yeah, and obviously we spoke to, to Matt, didn't we, Dane, in, in the summer, and you know he was Chelsea's coach at the start of the WSL. The club weren't really investing at the time. He then went to Liverpool and won the league title. Um, so this game, you know, it probably means a lot to him to play Chelsea, no matter yeah. who he's the coach of. And you know, he probably wants to prove a point as well that you know if they invested in him, Chelsea probably could have gone on to have the success they've had with Emma. And there so was the rumours today that the. They're trying to bring, trying to buy back them. They shouldn't have sold it in the first place. They're trying to buy back Millwood, aren't they? To to obviously assist and help with the women's team. And yeah, he was a really nice guy. And we, obviously, you, you know, because we got to see a little bit, you know, chat with him on on camera for the recording off, and we learned a little bit. And uh, lovely guy. I'm sorry, he's from Elephant and Castle, you know, proper Londoner. You know, tried his hardest at Chelsea, wanted to succeed, went to Liverpool. But to be honest, they sort of like didn't back him either, did they? And then uh, he obviously left them and he's come back and backing him a lot more. And obviously he won the league there last season. And yeah, he obviously to an extent, like we was talking off camera about Jorginho, you wish him good luck to an extent uh, in the future, obviously not against us. But yeah, it was hard not to like him. And 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 then seeing his team, yeah, it was very, very, very impressed. But you know, we got over line. We were in the hat for the next round. You know, we did what we had to do. As I said earlier, sometimes it's easy to be harsh on the team, but, you know, still in all, all trophies, you know, joint top of the league. Uh, you know, it, you can have games like this and, and and the great teams get through them, don't they? Yeah, and, and Clayton, I suppose that the cherry on top of the cake for, for Chelsea was bringing on loopholes at the end because it feels like she's been gone for ages and sort of missed the player that she is and it was great to see her back on the pitch wasn't it oh yeah it's fantastic i mean when when we talk about the fact that we haven't made any signings in the in the transfer window this is like mm-hmm. a new signing it's uh mm-hmm. it's great to see her back i mean it's just i mean it's bonkers three months after giving birth i mean it's just 
just absolutely incredible incredible and um i mean it will take i would imagine it's going to take a good few games to get up to speed but um yeah no fabulous to see her back really good a, a, a really really good player yeah it's going to give us a lot more flexibility i think in terms of what we can do in midfield and i think where we've been tied to having the midfield too because the, the options available i think we can look to start switching things up a bit and yeah, maybe putting three back in the midfield, um, as we did in that run to the Champions League final. Uh, I think she's ago. off, though. I, I, I think she's she's way off starting. I can just see filtering in in now in and out the odd few games to the rest of the season, and unless I'm completely wrong, if I'm trying to again trying to second guess Emma Hayes, which is stupidest thing ever to do. But you know, we were surprised she signed a new contract. Uh, we all thought maybe she'd go back to Germany, and obviously. Raise her new child, uh, box to box midfielder. I think we have missed her in certain games, and she gives us yeah a different, different, different idea and a different decision. She can be integrated back, and but it's going to be hard. You know, it's just Clayton said three months. Wow, unbelievable. You know, shows the athlete and and, and the strength of the, of the footballer there. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's why I think she'll be she'll be available. I hope, I hope, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I've just seen sometimes with Emma, she does like to filter players in and we can talk about players all day long, about some players who are, you know, who will get in there and be given a chance and others who just filter in, filter out over over quite a long space of time. Yeah, so I did do a player of the match vote, I remember this week. Um, the options I gave were Aaron Cuthbert, who got 5% of the vote, uh, Jesse Fleming, who only got 6%, I put Menelie in as a nice thing. She got 11%, uh, but the winner was 75% was Sam Kerr, which just goes to show you can score goals and you'll win player of the match um, every time. <laughs> I, I would have voted for Erin. I voted for Jesse. I don't want to vote for Sam. I remember I, remember I got, a, I got a, a player of the year season and uh, a couple of the midfielders in my team said, oh, you did, I think I must score like 38, 39 goals. I remember it was just below 40. Well, you did just score those goals. You didn't do much else. And I thought, come on, for God's sake. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do, I do get it. I did. I was one of those who stood on the halfway line with my hands on my hips, not moving a lot. But... Shout out to everyone else. <laughs> my, dad used to say, my dad used to say about Peter Osgood, he says, you don't do anything other than score goals. I went, yeah, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. A bit like the podcast, everyone else does the heavy lifting and Dane just taps it in. <laughs> it is, mate. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's, I'll just run through the results from the other games. Uh, so we had Durham beat Crystal Palace 3-0. Spurs won 5-0 against London City Lionesses. Uh, Everton lost 1-0 to Birmingham. Uh, Man City beat Sheffield United 7-0. Uh, Manchester United beat Sunderland 2-1. Arsenal were 9-0 winners against Leeds. Cardiff beat Burnley 4-1. Coventry United beat Hashtag United 4-0. Uh, Ipswich lost 1-0 to Lewis. Uh, West Brom lost 7-0 to Brighton. Uh, West Ham beat Wolves 2-0. AFC London lost 5-1 to Charlton. Bristol City beat Oxford United 4-0. And then Reading won 3-2 on penalties against Leicester. That was a 2-2 draw in normal time. Uh, then we had the fifth round draw yesterday. Uh, so it was Charlton versus Birmingham. Man United versus Durham. West Ham versus Aston Villa. Lewis versus Cardiff. Spurs versus Reading. Brighton versus Coventry United. Bristol City versus Manchester City, and then Chelsea versus Arsenal, which seemed very predictable, Clayton, that we would get Arsenal again uh, for the FA Cup. Yeah, just... 
Yeah, I suppose it's a bit better to beat them now than at Wembley. I don't know. It's uh, you could do without it, can you really? Yeah, I don't know. It's quite fun to beat them at Wembley. Yeah, no, no, that's that's a very fair point, isn't it? Do you think that they will change this to Stamford Bridge? Oh, um, I don't know what the men's fixtures are. It's the twenty sixth of February. Okay. If it, I don't know when the men are playing. Um, possibly. I, I think, I think March, we, could have, we could have we could have done without it. One one thing about you know sort of trying to make the the women's game more um, you know mainstream and more appealing. I, I saw the highlights of the draw being made when the, it was on the BBC News channel, wasn't it? It looked like the BBC News channel. It was a guy with a biro, um, <laughs> and a former player who I didn't recognise just pulling the balls out of the bag. And I just thought, I suppose at least it wasn't on the one show. <laughs> we got Tottenham. Tottenham away that day, men's. Okay. Yes, the stadium's free. Mm. So who knows? Dave, what did you make of the draw? I know we beat Arsenal in the semi-final last year, the final the year before that. Uh, Cringed a bit, to be honest. You could probably do without. Yeah, as Clayton said, you know, when we're when we're fighting on on oh, you know on all competitions, you know, in the league as well, it's going to be a tough one this year, and and to get Arsenal so early on, yeah, I, I cringed a bit, but was thankful that it was home because apart from. The game where uh, Jordan Nobbs got a couple and he actually played quite decent in that game. I think got a bit of a slap in. Was it 5-0 or 5-1? Uh, yeah, they, they do struggle. They do struggle at Kings Meadow. So I was I was very grateful we, we were drawn at home. Yeah, I would have liked anyone else um, at home. Uh, but there you go. We've got to beat them at some point. So fifth round it is. Um Coincidentally, that will be the launch date of issue four of King's Meadow Chronicle um, that Clayton and Dane gratefully write for for me. Um, if you want to get your copy of issue three, um, you can do that at kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com uh, where you can get all the part issues either as a physical copy uh, for £2 plus postage or as a PDF for just £1. Although I think they're on offer. I think I'm the one that does it. Um, I think you can get the old ones for 50p. Uh, but just go to the website and have a look because I haven't got time to do that right now. Um, that's all going to be, we're going to have time for this week because I started late. So I hold my hands up for that. Very sorry about that. Uh, but we're very grateful for, for Clayton to give up his evening to, to come and chat with us. And it was good to see you on Sunday, Clayton. Hopefully see you again at King's Meadow. Yeah, no. Th well, thanks very much for having me on. Um, look forward to being invited again. If I haven't uh, burnt my boats or what have you, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it was good fun. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, and no, it was good to see you on Sunday, standing there, Mr. Lonely, on your own, <laughs> like trying to sell the fanzine. You haven't got DJ's crew yet, um, but hopefully over time. Um, I'm trying to get Dane to a game, so if I can get your help on that, he's, he's putting it off. Lot of why are you, put, why are you putting it off, Dane? Oh, obviously, because I'm so committed to the men's and I, I, I have really busy weekends and then to commit to... For women's, it would be quite hard, uh, and I've just haven't found hand of time. But usually, because our, our our regular uh, uh, Jane it was always the one that when would be the regular who goes, and then me and Dean would just put an input. Now Dean's given up on the men's, and uh, he's going. That sort of left me as the odd one out. Uh, yeah, I'll have to get down there soon. I'm I'm being very flippant because obviously being a 15 minute walk from my front door, it's not exactly a big ass. So it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's good. I mean, like last week when when everybody was um, 
Absolutely. I mean, obviously, after the abandonment, everybody was sort of holding their heads in their hands and, oh, my God, and this, that and the other. And it, like, it was like six minutes. I thought, oh, <laughs> I'll just nip back home again. You can go out to Clayton's then. Yeah. There you go. Look at me. That's oh. the issue. Um, Clayton, where can uh, listeners, if they don't already, uh, follow you on Twitter if, if they want? Or if, uh, if they, they want, want to, I, am, I am at Goalie59. Yeah, well worth your time. Yes, absolutely. I'll leave that link uh, in the description box. Uh, and you can follow Dane at dwit9, uh, me at dmears, the show at Mo Kings Meadow, and we're also on Instagram at Wentzamo Kings Meadow. Um, we'll be back next week to look back at, um, is it Tottenham this weekend? Spurs again. Yeah, Spurs mm-hmm. again. Uh, and then maybe look forward to the Conti Cup semi-final, which is on the first, following Thursday. Um yeah, so until then, thanks for listening. Until next time from King's Manor to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.